0: Hi, welcome back to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. I'm Ray Dove with REMAX Eastside Brokers, Inc. here in the Seattle, Bellevue areas here, King, Snohomish, and Pierce County. Thanks for listening. For those of you who've been listening, and for any new listeners, welcome to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. This week, I thought I would share a little bit about some interesting transactions I've been involved with that as a seller and a buyer, you probably should be more aware of the challenges that happen in a real estate transaction. Now, lately, I've been just podcasting about our stats and what's going on, so we can get a pulse of the marketplace, which, surprisingly enough, it's the same in California as it is in Arizona, as it is in the Midwest, as it is in Seattle. They're very low inventory. So, knowing that there's low inventory, we're still, in in certain cases, we might have multiple offers, but right now, we are seeing homes stay in the market a little bit longer. So I've run into a couple of situations, and my most recent one was a house went on the market. We took an offer in, and we were told that we were competing against another offer, and we lost out. However, the seller's agent never bothered to to contact me through email or text to say, hey, we accepted another offer, thanks for your efforts. Nothing. Silence. Of course, my buyers, like you might as a buyer, would say, well, what happened to our offer? why did they turn it down so I reached out to the agent and I said, hey it would be nice to get some input that I could share with my buyer two days later well we took another offer we're just too busy to respond to people let them know what happened to the offer okay like I can buy into that a little bit except in the real estate business part of our job is to build relationships with other real estate agents to the benefit of our clients So that you know who you're dealing with. So when they come back and bring an offer to one of your seller's homes, you can trust to know you're working with a good real estate agent. Or that, that buyer's agent comes in and you know them. You know that they work with good quality buyers. They know what they're doing. That's much more powerful in most cases than dealing with someone that doesn't know what they're doing. So that's the first challenge. And then in our state, you're supposed to have a seller's property disclosure form when you post the listing. It's, it's most ideal. Now, if you don't, then that puts the seller at risk because if a buyer doesn't get the seller property disclosure form, they don't acknowledge receipt of it. They can actually uh, walk away from the transaction, rescinding the transaction, I think it's like three days before closing it, there is my deposit back. No form 17. So, And I found that on a few listings. wow, this wow, this is interesting. So we're not going to ask for it as a buyer's agent. I'm not going to ask for that. I'm not going to close that window down on my buyer. Why would I? It's not my job to point out the deficiencies of a seller's agent. So surprise, surprise, a week later, I get a a phone call and a text from this agent saying, hey, our first transaction fell apart. No, why did it fall apart? Because he marked it sold pending inspection. He said, well, the buyer's... They could not get financing. Well, that's interesting because when I submitted my offer, I attached a pre-approved letter from our lender saying, my people had the ability to perform, 30% down. I suggest you call the lender to confirm the information I've given you. He never called my lender. My lender called him. He never returned her call. So the fact that he convinced his seller to take a transaction to find out a week later that the buyers the first buyers could not get financing tells me that he didn't bother to call that lender either before they accepted that offer to see if the buyers in fact could get their financing in place they should have been pre-approved so he failed on that as well so we end up putting together a transaction now the seller didn't like it but they took our offer and we ended up getting it for $50,000 less than the asking price. Of course, the seller's agent wasn't too happy because you know, we were standing pretty firm on our offer. We can close it by the end of August with substantial earnest money deposit. We had financing in place, and he has yet to contact my lender, but we're under contract now. But what was a little disturbing there, too, is in our local MLS, once a transaction changes its status. So in this case that home was active, then it went pending inspection. Then it went active again. Their their first transaction failed. So he's supposed to report that to the MLS and then it posts up on the MLS that it's now active again. He never did that. And I know why he didn't do it, but it's outside of the rules. He did it because if it went back on the market after it was marked pending inspection is gonna raise a big red flag to the marketplace that's irrelevant he should have followed the MLS rules so here we are in a contract and we have a, a window to do our building inspection and in which we do and there's a laundry list of things that need to be done to this home it needed a roof over half the windows needed to be replaced and this is a home built in 1999 it had rotted uh, support posts on the deck it had some rotted soffits up the, uh, outside of the home. It had some plumbing issues. So we put together the list, and of course, we're required. We can, we are not allowed to send the building inspection to the seller unless the seller requests it from us. Then we can do so. If we send it without that request in our area, then the buyer automatically waives the inspection has to buy the home as is. And it's really clear in that contract. So one really has to pay attention to how that works. as does the response periods within it and how that all works. So we we sent them a copy of the inspection report. A seller took their allotted time to respond. they responded, and you know, my buyers did some due diligence because the seller didn't want to pay for a roof, you didn't want to pay for the windows. He'd fix a small water leak and wouldn't even take care of the bees, uh, the beehives that were going on outside the home. He initially basically didn't want to do anything. So we responded back and said, look, we want X amount of dollars to fix these things. And they come back and say, well, we'll give you this much. So we did some more due diligence. and The costs were rough, all new windows. And so it was, look, you give us this much money, we'll, we'll make this happen. And, of course, their argument was, well, your buyers aren't buying a brand new home. And to me, an argument like that goes to my deaf ears. And the reason for that is these people like bought the home in 2004, so the home was five years old. So they got to have the enjoyment of a newer roof, newer hot water tank, right? No rotted decks. The windows were all functioning just fine. But now they wanted my buyer to accept the home, pay top dollar for it, and have to walk in there and put $50,000 worth of repairs into a home. Now, if you want to go away from that and lower your price even further and let my buyer take on that obligation then great. But that's not what the seller did. So we finally came to an agreement but what came out of this agreement was that the seller had an estimate for windows prior to when we put together our offer. The seller knew that it needed a roof because they had a rough estimate of what a new roof would cost. So the seller knew as did the seller's agent. That the house needed windows the house needed a roof the hot water tank which normally lasts 15 years is now 30 years old and those are material facts that the seller is supposed to disclose in the seller's property disclosure form and they didn't do that and even though the seller didn't disclose it their agent knew of those defects because he's the one that had those receipts and estimates and he didn't disclose it either and that's that's against real estate law so now you know i don't trust the seller i don't trust their agent however we came to an agreement uh, getting the roof taken care of and getting monies for the windows but i am here to tell you that being upfront honest is very very important if you're a seller make sure your form seven is completed i strongly recommend as a seller go ahead and do a building inspection make that available to potential buyers and you can decide whether you want to do any repairs or you don't want to do any repairs. That's up to you. But at least then the buyer is aware of the condition of the home before they decide to buy it. And it's not a surprise. And then to find out later you knew all this stuff was wrong and you didn't want to do anything with it. It's very problematic and I don't think it's the proper way to do business. As a buyer, I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that whoever you work with, you do a building inspection, you go through the building inspection, and you make sure you respond to the inspection criteria and response criteria. So like in our inspection addendums, if the buyer doesn't respond, doesn't agree to the seller's final agreement of what they're willing to do, we either have to accept it or we have to disapprove of the inspection. And if we don't accept it and we don't send off a written disapproval notice to buyers by the home as is they waive the inspection i just felt the whole process just kind of left me feeling sick that here the seller in my opinion was trying to push off all these repairs and not say anything to anybody and lipstick on a pig you know he painted some portions of the house replaced some deck boards on the rear deck but that was about it uh, it just it's, it's disheartening that we have people like that a both seller and seller's agent that you know and, and, the, and the thing i'm talking about the reason why i'm talking about today is because their agent then decided to make it my problem that i didn't have control over my buyer i didn't know what i was doing but at the end of the day i had to laugh Because I did end up knowing what I was doing. Because we got the seller to take $50,000 less on the asking price. We got the seller to give us $32,000 to get the roof fixed and get the windows fixed. So he, I think, was just mad because I was able to get things done that should have been done either up front or should have been declared up front. Or we shouldn't have had such a hassle trying to get the seller to finally admit and agree that we need to take care of this stuff. Now, the flip side of all this is... I saw a house come on the market the other day, and they painted the house. They put on a brand new roof, put on a new AC pump, new hot water tank. They have an inspection report ready to go. They've noted what repairs they made and what repairs they decided not to repair. I mean, they're in a much better position of strength. The buyer can see all that and say, okay, I'm buying a home that I don't have all these problems I need to take care of on day one. And if there were some problems, at least the seller and the seller's agent are transparent enough to let them know so the buyer can make an educated decision as to whether they want to move forward on that home or not at the price that the seller is asking for. I mean, it's it, it just it's just amazing to me that the first example I gave you is more common to our market than the last example. I'm dealing with another property i may have chatted about before in a previous podcast over in the seattle capitol hill area whereas we were under contract the seller had almost three months to get the interior repairs done to the house now granted they're trying to negotiate something with their insurance company to take care of it but our offer wasn't subject to them getting the money from the insurance company they agreed to have the house done they did nothing so we're coming up on the closing date, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. My buyer is approved, the lender is ready to fund it, big down payment, big earnest money deposit, and their attitude was, "Well, if your buyer doesn't want the home, if they don't, uh, you know, the closing date is going to come and go. If they don't want it. We'll just wait and put the home on the market another another day." Well, that's so problematic because there were no conditions that the buyer had to remove. The, the buyer had removed all the conditions. The seller was supposed to perform, and they did not. And my seller's a lawyer. I mean, my, my buyer's a lawyer. And they, they're like, hey, they're in default. Yeah, they're in default. They're not going to perform in this contract. So it's likely, can't speak for fact, that, that the courts would go in this direction, but they certainly could have been sued by my buyer, and they are definitely going to be sued by me because i earned a brokerage fee bringing them a qualified buyer that met the price and terms that they wanted for that property and they just failed to do their job and again i ran into this situation initially when we wrote the offer subject to building inspection and their whole argument well this isn't a new house well it was newer when you bought it 12 years ago you got to enjoy all those nice the roof the hot water tank a nice deck that was well taken care of, but now you want to pass all that garbage on to somebody else and not address it. You know, So they eventually we got them to take care of a sewer problem. So if you're buying a home built in 1970s or later, maybe even 1980s or later, I would have uh, a sewer scope done to make sure there's no branches or anything else that would block the, the line from your house to the main sewer line out in the street. It's a problem. Those sewer lines get older, tree roots go through there, or something's stuck in there, and you may not know about it. And the other thing I'd recommend, my buyer, she's going to be putting her house in the market, and she went ahead and had her sewer scope to see if there's any issues, and there were. But lucky for her, her insurance company offered her a rider in her insurance policy, so she paid for this rider, and that if there's any problems with the sewer lines, that her insurance company would cover that loss. I don't know if your insurance company offers that or not, but I'd certainly highly recommend you at least touch base with to your insurance company and see. It's probably very well worth the cost of the writer to have that, especially if you have an older home, and a lot of those homes in the Seattle area are turn of the century, like the home she's buying, 1909. But anyway, so here we are. We agreed reluctantly to extend the transaction. And you would think that the seller's agent would let us know that, hey, they finally started on the work in the house. Or, hey, the sewer stuff was fixed. But do I get any communication? Not at all. I've asked for a copy of the final paid invoice for the sewer work. And they say, well, we'll get it to you when we can get it to you. Whenever it's available. That was three weeks ago. So now I don't trust that seller or their agent either because it's like they're hiding something. My my client, buyer client, is sell her house. She's already given me a complete rep- written report and the video of the sewer scoping and all the repairs that are made on file. So we have ready to go. So when she puts her house up for sale, we have that readily available for the next person that's going to look at their home. So they can be reassured that there's no issues with the sewer. How difficult is that? So in her case, on her home, I'm going to be going over to Seattle once a week, once every 10 days, just to see that there's any work being done on the house because now we've extended closing. And I don't think the sellers of that agent really understand that the, the offer is not subject to them getting the repairs done. It's not subject to them getting insurance money. They are to get this home done because if it doesn't, close on the new date then my my client is going to sue them and i'm going to definitely sue them so there's two schools of how we're going to conduct ourselves as an agent and as a seller to move towards a successful close of escrow so sellers and buyers sit down talk to your agents have clear communication of the expectations going forward and how you're going to communicate between each other and how you're going to communicate with buyer's agents or seller agents through the escrow process. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. Sometimes these conversations can be difficult. I get it. Buyers don't want to spend more than they have to, and sellers don't want to spend more than they have to either. I understand that. I've been doing this for 40-plus years. Not all of them are going to be picture-perfect, smooth, and easy. But you got to at least have a conversation and be transparent. Please be transparent in these transactions. It'll work to everyone's best interest and benefit. It'll, it'll stop the possibilities of litigation down the road because if you're not transparent it will come back to you sometime down the road that the seller withheld this information from just like the sellers wouldn't like if the buyer withheld their ability to get financing and all the way up the day before closing they can't get the loan how mad would you be as a seller you'd be mad at your agent for not following up with the transaction you'd be mad at the buyer's agent for not following up with the transaction you'd be amazed how many agents don't follow up with the transaction if I representing a seller I go to the, the buyers lenders to get updates on their loan I won't even rely on the other agent not gonna do it not interested in doing it I want to hear it from the lender not from some agent that's gonna tell me oh everything's fine and if I'm representing the buyer Ah, you bet I'm going to be on top of my lender. I want updates so I can report back to the seller's agent, since they're likely not doing it, to let them know, hey, we've got this, we've got that, we've got this. I want everyone to be assured that all the pieces are coming together in a timely manner they're supposed to, as opposed, to all of a sudden, a week before closing, the buyers are getting ready to move, the sellers are getting ready to move, and something that could have been resolved in the first two weeks of the transaction we're taking care of as opposed to the week right before closing so i'm done with my ranting here a little bit please take the time to interview ask questions for people you're going to hire to help represent your real estate transaction i would like to be one of those agents i i'm very good at uh, helping people buy and sell real estate maybe i'm someone that you can entrust to help you on your real estate transaction again this is ray dove with real estate keeping it simple you can Call or text me at 425-681-8630 or Ray Dove Remax, R-A-Y-D-O-V-E-R-E-M-A-X at gmail.com. Hope uh, you're enjoying uh, the beautiful summer that we're having here in the Seattle area, although it's all a little hot these uh, last few days. But in any event, I hope you and your family are doing well and love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.